Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen Debuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm or how I keep things simple in our homeschool, or just I like to talk about Jesus because I truly believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in this world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we desire the things of this world and the more naturally we'll be able to simplify our lives. So I'm really excited today because we have a special guest on the podcast. My husband, Steve, is joining us because today we are going to talk a little bit about that hobby farming and how we keep things simple here. And we're going to talk about how to start a garden. I've had many people writing in asking me this question. So we figured it was time to get it up on the podcast. This is going to be a two part series, this podcast episode. So we'll be talking all about gardening. So Before we start, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a homeschool curriculum publisher. You can visit them at apologia.com. They have an amazing resource out right now, um, a brand new curriculum for high schoolers, a health and nutrition curriculum. I have personally reviewed it and we're actually using it and it is amazing. So check it out to be released this spring. Also, if you go over to um, phonicsmuseum.com slash simply, the Phonics Museum app is a brand new app that is for young ones to learn to read in just four weeks. And they have generously given us a two-week trial for all my podcast listeners and some free downloads, some free resources. So go check them out at phonicsmuseum.com simply. I personally wish I had that app when I was teaching my little guys to read because it is multi-sensory and engaging and it is not like any other phonics curriculum or app I have seen. So go check it out. Okay, so Steve is here and we are going to talk about our garden. Now, I always love having Steve on the podcast because I never know what he's going to say or do. He is the funny one out of the two of us. So... This should be an interesting time. So anyway, it's funny because... What a way to to welcome me. I don't ever really plan. It's so funny because he's more of the ADD guy and I'm more of the planner. But when it comes to the podcast, I really don't plan ahead too much. I just sit down and talk. And he's over here with his notes and being all official-like. So it's very cute. Uh, (laughs) You're asking me to talk about something. I mean, I think I should, you know have some ideas so he's we're gonna call him on the podcast today the expert farmer because no don't put that before my title all right we're just little hobby farmers we're not expert farmers but steve is really the um gardening guy i just like to go out there and sort of play around with the chickens he really does know all the gardening stuff so that's why i wanted to have him on the podcast so i wanted to tell you guys first that whether you have a garden or not whether you're just thinking about it Maybe you just have a little deck space area to have a garden or a little tiny spot in your yard. Whatever it is, you can have a garden. Um, We, yes, I've told you guys many times, we live out here on our little hobby farm and we have a pretty decent sized garden. Um, But even back in our old house, when we lived back in suburbia and we had a smaller yard, we had a pretty decent sized garden there as well. Right. Yes, it was about uh, three. It was three ten by ten boxes, so it was pretty big. I mean, it was like <laughs> no. I'm not laughing at the size because I'm. I don't. That means nothing to me. <laughs> ten foot by ten foot. There was three of them. 
So, so I mean, it was it was sizable. Yes, not it, what we have now, but it was it was sizable. It was a nice garden. We had a little picket fence around it. And a little oh, gate. it was cute. It was cute. See, I'm all about the cute. So we had a nice garden there, and um, we had always wanted a garden back then. And then we used to say, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could grow like a ton of food and be able to give it away? We, we would say like, it would be like having a garden food pantry. And so when we moved out to our property now, we were able to actually start to begin that dream of having a great big garden area. And we even have a greenhouse now, but I'm going to let Steve talk about all that stuff because he's the technical guy. I'm just the one that, like I said, sits out there and plays Ma on Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about how to begin. Say that somebody out there has never even gardened before, and I don't know, maybe they just have like the normal space, like a normal backyard. How would somebody begin gardening? Do you suggest tilling the ground, raise beds? I'll let you take it over. I would say that the first thing, like you're saying right now, is to know your space. So um, if you have a lot of property and you want to, um, I would say start small regardless of of what you do. But um, I would say that if you have a small space, you can start with pots, right? You can put things in pots and you can do potted garden. That would be awesome. Uh, If you want to try something a little more permanent, you could do raised beds. Uh, that would be good too. We do raised beds and our garden's pretty sizable. Uh, it just makes it easier uh, for the, you know, just overall uh, weeding and things of that nature. And just keeping it organized. Right. <laughs> and so, being able to walk in there and everything has like its own little place. Yeah. And the nice thing with potting, uh, using pots in the beginning is that you know, you might not know exactly where your sun is all day and your plants probably need about six hours of sun a day. So you want to figure that out. So you don't want to throw something in the ground that's permanent and then it's stuck there. Um, that was the problem we had in Flanders where we lived and we had the smaller garden was that we placed the garden right behind the house. And once we put it there, we realized it's not, wasn't getting any sun. So, um, I mean, it was fruitful. But it would have been a lot better if it was a little bit out in the sun more. But we didn't really have any other place for it, so we just... Right, we just kind of put it in the... It was kind of like the best location for what we had because everything was pretty shady because we had a big, huge tree in the back. Yeah, so that's good. That's really good advice. The first piece of advice is to know your space. Yes, and the other thing that was good about that was it didn't have a lot of sun, but the advantage was, was it was easily accessible. So that was nice because we could just easily walk out the back door and it was accessible to us, which made it simple uh, for the fact that you didn't have to go far. You didn't have to worry about water uh, and you went to pick stuff. It was quick and easy. That's true. Now our garden is actually further away from the house, but Steve has all kinds of hoses and things rigged up back there so we can water um, because it isn't right by the house. It's further behind our barn. Right, but we do have the advantage now of having sun yes. uh, like almost all day back there. Yeah, we have much more sun. So what about if somebody is um, just starting a garden? How do you plan what to plant? Like what can you grow? Because, see, when I didn't know anything about gardening when we got married, like this is all stuff that we've learned over the years. I really would never have known like that you could only grow certain things in certain times or places. So how do people even begin that? 
Well, like I, again, it goes back to know your space and know what you can plant because some like, so we'll just get for an example, say you have a set, a, a box that's four by four, four feet by four feet. Um, you're not going to want to plant like a zucchini. Because, no, that even I know now. Um, a zucchini is going to grow to probably about three feet around. So you're probably not going to want to put a zucchini in. So you want to do a little research and find out like, okay, what plants can I plant in, say, a container like tomatoes or something like that? You're going to want to figure something out about that. And you want to do a little research on how big your plants are going to be and what you have space for. Do you have good resources to recommend where people can look up this information? Um, or do you not, just... not off the top of my head. I kind of just go online and I Google things. I'm putting um, him there's on a, the there, there is like a planting calculator that'll tell you what zone you're in. And there's a pretty readily read, yes. like, available. Readily available, yes. If you go on Google, because depending on where you live, it will it make changes, a huge difference right. of when you can plant. When you plant, you plant. yep. Okay. Go and on. then also, there's a bunch of apps too. There's a uh, bunch of really good apps that... I'll have a calendar and you put in your zone of where you are. It'll tell you when you can plant in the house, when you can plant in the ground, um, when you can expect to harvest and all this other stuff. So technology um, these days, mom, pa didn't have an app. No <laughs> mother earth news. That's, that's one that I always look at. Um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, uh, that's pretty basic. So what are the good things to, for somebody who's never done it before? What are the best things like tomatoes? You think, um, peppers, like what are the best things? I was going to get into that a little later. He's got his notes and I'm doing this on the fly. So, um, (laughs) so let's just get back to like where you're going to, where you're going to plant for. That means Karen, be quiet. Okay, go. No, I'm not saying be quiet. I'm just saying we have an order of business here. He has an agenda. No. Go ahead. All right. So just so we're starting out with planting and planting in in containers. The the one thing you don't want to do when you're starting out a garden is plant too big and get overwhelmed because then your chances of being successful are not really you're you're lowering those a lot. You want to plant in the container. You start out with maybe. I don't know, six plants in a container, you're, you're not going to have to worry about weeding as much. Um, and it's pretty easy upkeep. Uh, if you are planting in boxes, the same thing is you don't have to worry about weeding so much. Um, but it's more containable and it's more uh, manageable. So that would be, uh, a good thing to do again, know your plants of what you're planting and where you're planting. Okay. Go ahead. Now um, you can throw throw. Well, what thing. was next on your agenda? So we know our space. We have to know our our area where we live and what we can grow. Um, mm-hmm. And then, okay, let me ask you this: Should a new gardener start with seeds, or should they go to their local farm and get plants that are already started? We always used to start with plants in our early years, and now we started with seeds. So yeah. what is the benefit and what should people do if they're just starting out? I would say if you're just starting out, you get your plants from a reputable garden center, because if you get it from like a big box store, your chances of getting some kind of like disease in your plants are kind of bigger. Mm. Um, the one year we got blight on our tomatoes and a lot of people in the area got blight. 
Um, and they're and it just all your it tomatoes. Just, There's it, no sage. Yeah, your tomatoes are done for the year, and and that's also it stays in the soil. Right, and it stays like, in the soil. Yeah, for replace the soil or whatever. So yes, getting your plants at a reputable place um, is a good suggestion. And then, what if somebody really wants to start? Like we have seeds right now lining my kitchen. Steve's right. got seeds all over my kitchen right now, and I can't wait for them to move out because we have a greenhouse. So what um, if somebody wants to do seeds, how do you go about doing that? Well, there's, there's a, uh, I mean, that's a little bit more okay, of a process. Okay, that's a whole other podcast episode. It's, a, it's more of a process because you have to start the seeds. They have to germinate. Then you have to, you know, um, harden them off to bring them outside. And, and it's a process. It's not just throw them in the greenhouse like some people I think. I know. But that <clears> actually <throat> will make a really good homeschool lesson. And the second part of this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to, we have used gardening in our homeschool. So stay tuned for that part of the episode, actually, if you want to hear a little bit more about the uh, way we can tie this in with our kids, homeschooling or not, just helping them learn. Okay, so mostly we know starting uh, knowing our space, knowing our area where we can grow, choosing the right plants, and then starting them from plants. That's yeah, and I would say, and I would say, um, and this is from experience, is when you know we say know our space, plan your garden, yes, plan it and draw it out like draw your space draw if you're especially if you're putting boxes in or he's you're a graphic de- designer around. i really need to put a picture up of his plans it's like the most elaborate thing yeah and even at that though <laughs> even at even at that with my plans like the best so last plans. year i had a plan and year before so when we first moved here i was just super excited to start a garden so i just started making boxes in the back and then i realized and this is this is key i if you're putting boxes in, make sure that you have enough room in between the boxes for your lawnmower because I didn't do that and I'm about two inches short of my lawnmower fitting in between the boxes <laughs> and every time I have to take care of mowing the garden or whatever, I have to get the weed whacker out and it's just That's a good it's time consuming. But now don't you didn't you like kill all the grass there? Or we put stuff I'm trying. Down. I'm trying, trying to. to kill it. Um, so, but it's just like a thing of planning, right? It's, that's thing, not something you would think of. Is oh no, yeah, that's I have a to really good this. piece of advice. That's right. a really good piece of advice. The other thing is when you're planning your garden and you're planting those little plants that you get from your reputable reputable farm. When you put them in the boxes, you're going to be like, oh, we can put them closer because there's Yeah, it's going to look ridiculous. And don't do that because we had one year, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where they were so close together. We had like um, 20-something at least more uh, tomato plants, remember? But Mm. they were like overtaking everything and you think that they're so tiny and cute and they're not going to grow into these big humongous plants that are like everywhere same thing with the zucchini spread them out you're going to think this is ridiculous to put like three plants in this huge space i'm telling you we had a zucchini jungle one year right so no matter how much you think you can put them a little closer always err on the side of not yeah yeah if on the back of whatever your seed packet or um, even when you buy your plants, there's usually like a little stick in there that says like planting instructions, heed those planting yes. instructions. And even no matter how ridiculous you think it looks when you put your plants in, believe me, those 
instructions on are on there for a reason because yes. we could lose our kids and our zucchini plants. <laughs> That's going so near. true. We had zucchini bigger oh, than. I Ethan. think we have a picture of it. You should we put do. it up. Like, I will. It's like the top of Luke's head. <laughs> he was. Like he missing. was wearing waders. You know, like those big giant waiter boot things he was wearing those just to get into the zucchini because it was literally a jungle and who knows what was living in there with the giant zucchini that we would never find because they were so they were just growing <laughs> so anyway um those are all good pieces of advice there was something else i just thought of oh like for us when we had the raised beds we had to get soil brought in like what about soil i don't know anything about this stuff this is all steve like you need i know you need like good soil good mixes it seems so overwhelming and i think that's why a lot of people don't even start there's so much science behind it yeah there is a lot of science behind it and it probably can go a lot deeper than i go myself i'm kind of Oh, it's soil, and I check it every once in a while. So, but is um, it as important as it feels like to have like the perfect mix? And yeah, I mean, you want to have a you want to have a good mix. So, where do you get? So, if somebody is doing raised beds, can they just take soil from around their property that they have somewhere, or should they go out and like invest in buying soil? Um, I mean, you can do like a soil test, and then I'll tell you how your soil is. Um, we never did that. I I don't know. I, I guess I'm not a good one to ask on that just because well, I know that I look at our soil I and I can I can pick it up and I know that it's very it's it's like clay. So I know that it's really difficult to plant in that because the water won't seep through it. And so we did invest on having soil trucked in. Yeah. And okay. a lot of times you could tell. I mean, you could tell if you have healthy soil, if it's black and it's airy, you right. know, and it kind of like if you if you squeeze it, it doesn't like squeeze out water. It kind of like. You know, I don't know. Look at like topsoil from Lowe's that you would buy for potting mix or something like right, that. Right, like, right. That's I mean, that's not like it's a, that's a little bit too fluffy, but it gives um, you an idea. You know, you can go to your a local garden center and say, "Hey, I, I'm starting a garden. Can you give me a good mix?" Right. And usually they can help you out. So if somebody's just starting now, they have their whole thing planned. Remember, planning is key, and then they plant their little plants maybe there are six ten whatever plants for their first year what do they need to do then to keep it going and to not kill everything like how does the watering and the weeding work well if you're if you're going to plant this this was really helpful for us right so you're going to make a a garden box Um, what we did was we throw down first we make our box and then you put down newspaper in the bottom and what the newspaper does is it'll kill all the grass that's in there, and then you put your soil on top of it. and then, Or you could do cardboard, too, um, and that'll kill the grass that's in there and all the weeds. And then you put your soil on top of that, and then you don't have to worry about you know weeds and grass coming up through your boxes. And it'll just you know deteriorate and break down, and you won't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Then you put your soil down, and you plant your plants. Um, Again, back to, uh, you know, we're just saying about, like, taking care of things. Um, think about, so you have your sun, and then you think about where you're, like, where you're watering, right? You have to get water to the plants. So how's that going to happen? You know, can you run a hose? Um, are you going to do it by hand? Or, you know, if you have a big garden like us, doing it by hand probably would take a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, again, when we started our garden... I didn't really give much thought to it besides I wanted to get plants in and I wanted to start a garden. And now I have to, I'm this year going to be rearranging 
the garden because we... Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> well, because last year we put in a watering system. Uh-huh. And the watering system was there was pipes and everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, this year I want to try to make it everything into rows so that we can have a header and every all the thing goes straight down. All the watering lines go straight down. Okay. Um, so anyway, it just makes it easier for watering. And that's, again, is planning. Um, I mean, our garden's pretty well planned out, mm-hmm. but there's sections in there that we lose space right. that, you know, and there's sections that I can't fit a lawnmower in or, you know, it just becomes awkward to walk because the paths in between are too narrow. And I will mention, we have a great big high fence. So we built the whole thing fenced around because when we moved out here, we just assumed that the deer would be feasting on our garden. Now, it hasn't been an issue. We haven't seen many, but this year is the first year I have seen deer in our property all the time. So this year I am glad that we have that fence. But you have to also take that into account to protect your plants. Even if you just have a little garden, if you have deer in your area, they're going to come up to it like it's a buffet. So you really need to um, make sure it's protected. Or from rabbits. And we had, Um, oh, even in our little hobby, I'm not hobby farm, our little suburbia garden in the backyard, we had chipmunks. That was our... No, the worst is the squirrels. The squirrels. Okay, that was, yes, that was our enemy. What a squirrel will do is it'll come, it'll take your tomato, and it'll take a bite out of it, and then just leave it. To taunt you. It's so frustrating. It's like, look, I took a bite. I ruined your plant. That one summer, (laughs) I had the battle with the squirrels. He did. Let's not even get into that. He had a battle, because we don't know if the animal people are the same. I didn't kill anything. I just threw my shoe. He would just... (laughs) Get very angry at the squirrels. Well, I mean, it was taunting me. It would sit yes, on the it, it would sit would. on the railing of the thing, eating eat, eat tomato. the tomato, looking at me in the kitchen and being like, "Ha ha, I'm eating your tomato." And now I'll take a bite and throw it down. So I yeah. ruined it. So yes, you need to protect your plants depending on where you live. So that's really important because you would hate to go through all the work of planning and building and planting and growing only to have it being you know eaten by that oh that's another question how about um pests like organic versus chemicals or what are the natural things you can do we don't use any chemicals right in our garden Mm -mm. so what are i mean that's one thing that you really do have to learn about as well that we've sort of learned just by trial and error like we learned when we moved here the third week of june is japanese beetle week they literally must have a calendar because they come out at the same exact time every year We were almost infested with them, I felt like, the first year we were here. And I went out and bought those beetle bags. And I think that was the biggest mistake because we put them around our property. Even though they were far away from the garden, they attract beetles and they're supposed to get trapped in there. But I think that every beetle in our surrounding area then came to our property because they were attracted to those. And then we just had, we were in an ongoing battle. They will destroy your plants. Like, they will, we watch them destroy our green bean plants, they eat the leaves until they look like lace. So yeah. we have now fought that battle. I think last year is the first year we won. We have chickens, and chickens love Japanese beetles. So they will be eating a feast. And the, the third guineas. Week we had the guineas too. Yes, but the chicken I don't remember the guineas loving them. So I just remember I don't remember the guineas last year so much. But the the chickens, I would put them out there at Japanese beetle time, and they like go bananas. They love them. Now this year I've been trying to get the chickens out in the yard because the Japanese beetles, what they do is they live out in the grass, their little larva or whatever it is over the winter. And so 
They're little baby they're Japanese beetles. Grubs. Are, yes, they're basically out in the grass being grubs right now. So I'm trying to even get the chickens to eat those before it's even an issue. But now I know that third week in June to get the um, chickens out there eating the Japanese beetles before they can come. But there are a host of other uh, pests out there. There are tons yeah. of other things that you have to be aware of in your area because it might not be Japanese beetles in your area. In your area, you know, what are the things that are going to go after your plants? And Steve, what are the best ways? Because most people, I think, want to keep it natural and don't want to put chemicals on their plants. Um, yeah, so what is the best remedy for that? Well, that's it's time consuming and it depends on what, you know, what pest you're dealing with because they're all different, right? Right. Um, like the Japanese beetles, like you said, the chickens clean, you like clean up the Japanese or beetles. Or literally putting the well. boys in the garden and hand yeah, picking. Yeah, that's the thing. With the Japanese beetles, you have to almost pick them off the plant and then put them in soapy water. Um, we always have like a bucket of soapy water and we just throw the Japanese beetles in there. And again, that'll um, be on the second episode how we use the garden in our homeschool. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's, that's, you know, it's, it's time consuming. And if you stay on top of it, it's okay. But are there like natural things? I end up picking more Japanese beetles than I pick vegetables. (laughs) That's so true. Oh, that's so true. Are there, um, like natural things to put down on your plants or around your plants? You know, you see all these things on the internet. So what works? What do we use? Um, again, it depends. I like for, um, the Japanese beetles too. We use neem oil, um, and that in a, keeps other things in a off. sprayer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it works okay. And know. there's different, like you Makes said, makes me feel better. There's different things, like there's those squash bugs that get in the squash. Yeah, all the, um, so and I and this might just be like if you're starting new with fresh soil, it might not be such a big deal, but we get like these red worms that tend to eat. Like the roots, I forget what they're called, like cut bugs yeah, or cut worms or something like that. Uh-huh. And last year I found out that if you plant half a, put a half a potato in the ground, um, the worms will crawl into the potato and then you can just take the potato out of the ground and throw it away. So that, that was, was like, really that was cool. really cool. If you guys hear my chickens in the background, they're at my door right now. That is not the kids clucking in the background. That is a chicken. Sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, no. So that was just like <laughs> really cool. Like you took, you know, I cut half a potato. I'd put it buried in the ground with a knife in it. So I knew where it was. I could pull it out easily. And those worms would go in there. They'd get inside the potato. I'd pull the potato out and I cut down those worms in the garden beds. Okay. So. Very good. Yes. So I mean, and there's there's a host of things. You right. what you have to do is you have to look online, and and again, it's find knowing your area. You it's kind of like a lot of gardening is trial and error, right? We've been learning over trial and error, knowing what's going to um, bother your plants, and then trying the most natural ways to keep things away. Um, I just wanted to mention, like, what things do we grow? So if people have questions, don't email me. Email Steve. I'm going to say Steve at farmhousestudios.com. And farmhouse is F-A-R-M-H-A-U-S, studios.com. He would love to answer your questions. He's really good at that. We also have a website for our little hobby farm. We haven't updated it recently, but it's Love's Farm. No, loves.farm, yeah. right? And then we also have a Facebook page. You can see what we're doing over with our little hobby farm because we try to grow our food in abundance so that we can give it away. And this year, I'm really, really, really going to have my boys make a little more permanent farm stand for us to put out front where we can put all of our eggs in a cooler for people to just come and take or our um, 
our vegetables. I want people to be able to just come to our house and take what they they want. But anyway, what I wanted you to tell everybody what kinds of things that we have grown over the years and that have been like the most successful or, um, you know, what we grow. Yeah. So again, I would say um, just start small, start like we used to when always get, start with like tomatoes. Like yeah, like when you get that. into it, you're like so excited and you want to plant everything and be like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have this garden. Da, da, da. But what happens is, is you tend to spread yourself too thin and you're running from one thing to the next and you can't really concentrate on what you've grown or what you've started to grow. And it becomes just very tedious and you don't really learn what's working and what's not working. And be prepared that gardening is a ton of trial and error. Not everything's going to work. Don't get discouraged when things fail. Don't get discouraged when it doesn't work because that is just part of it, right? Yeah. Like I, I, it's hard. We, I mean, last year we changed our spot for our snap peas. We, we've always had snap peas. They've always worked. I don't right. understand why I thought that, oh, I'm going to change them this year. I'm going to move but them over here. But isn't it because we put them too close to the chickens? Didn't the chickens I don't eat? know. They were there. It just, um, I don't know. It was. It, did, it just didn't work. I don't know. For some reason, they didn't come up. Maybe it was because of the chickens. Who knows? I think it was because we planted the seeds too close to the chicken pen, and I think that's what it maybe, was. Maybe. Anyway, so if you have chickens, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, I mean, about. it's just like I said, you can do something one year, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that works. And then... The next year, um, it doesn't. Right. And the other thing is, too, you know, if you're going multiple years, you want to rotate your boxes. There's a whole science behind moving your, like, rotating your crops. Mm -hmm. And what, um, there's a name for it, but what... uh, what crops to grow after other ones. Like, right. you know, oh, yeah. you don't want to grow like a tomato after you had like an eggplant or something like that. Like, right. So gardening does take a lot of research. Yeah. However, I mean, I mean, back in little house in the prairie, everybody was just telling everybody how to do it and they just learned by doing. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot of we it. are blessed to have the internet because a lot of it can just be looked up. Right. And we would never know about half the things we know. So we've grown like tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplants, peppers. This is Steve's big thing because he likes to make hot sauce. So we have like every kind of pepper you can imagine, um, string beans, um, snap peas, lettuces, those all do yeah. really well for us. Yeah. Um, so I had a list. It's tomato. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, tomatoes, basil. Oh, basil. Mint. We grew a ton of basil Yeah, basil grow like a weed. And it's great because you can just, if you, I mean, what else do you do with basil, right? Make pesto. But we made tons of pesto and you could just freeze it in little freezer bags and you'll have it all winter long. Okay, yeah. Go on. Mint is another one. Oh, that spreads like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Potatoes. We grew. You can grow potatoes in a bucket, which uh-huh. you know we've I think been, we've been pretty successful with our potatoes. Yeah, and, and again, you can put them in a bucket, and you can grow them in a bucket. And it's pretty. It's pretty simple. Um, I think there's actually something on our website too. How yeah. to do that? Okay. Um, so that's pretty easy. That's loves farm website, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, spinach. Lettuce, yeah, that grows really well. Um, Arugula, zucchini, and, stra- and, and strawberries. strawberries. Strawberries take over. We had started with just a few plants, and now we have an entire section just of strawberries. And even though it seems like you don't get a lot of yield, now that we have so many, we do, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it. it strawberries is like. Um, a, it's like a dedicated crop. You have to plant it, and you have to put it in a spot where you're going to leave it. And then it comes back every year. That's yeah. the really cool thing about it. Yeah, and it just keeps getting bigger. Right. So you have to, yeah, and you, it doesn't yield a lot, maybe the first year, 
but it will yield more. When we after first that. had strawberries, we would like pick one and cut it in fours for the kids and be like, here's the strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. last year we were collecting like bowls at a time. So the strawberries, it takes time, but it's totally worth it. And who doesn't want their kids like out in the yard just eating strawberries that they grew? It's a, it's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, what else do we grow a lot of? The eggplant, eh. Nah. You know, it, it, it comes down to two is how much time you want to put in for what you're going to get. you don't get that many. Like, we didn't really get... You need a lot of room for eggplant, and you need to have a lot of plants. Um, onions, you get. Uh-huh. You plant one, you get one. But <laughs> you I know, love it's them. Not... What about... Um, did we say cucumbers? That's like... No, cucumbers, yeah. That, right? I think everybody... And you, and you get a ton, and they're pretty easy to do. Um, yeah, you just have to... I mean, watch with bugs on the cucumbers. Yeah. They, we do get... And that's the same thing with the zucchini, too. We tend to get... Um, this like uh, thing that beetle or whatever that goes inside the. So what are the best yeah. things for small spaces or containers? Probably tomatoes. Tomatoes for sure. Basil. Um, all lettuce. kinds of all kinds of herbs. Um, yeah, you can even put like uh, lettuce in a planting box, and you'd probably get a ton of it because you grow it in a row, and right. it, you could pick it all year. The thing about the lettuce is you can just pick it as you need it, and then it just keeps growing back. Like you don't have to pick the entire head at once. Which is what I thought. Like if you grow like romaine, you just pick the leaves as you use them, and it just keeps coming up. Um, and we grew broccoli and cauliflower one year. That was okay. Again, you need more space. Like it's, it it takes a, we're at a point where we're like, what do we get the most of for the amount of time that we have? And to grow cauliflower, it takes time and it takes space. And I always think like, oh, well I could put something else there that I would get more that we could share more. You know, that's kind of like the mindset we're in is like, what are we going to get? Well, at least me when I plan the garden is. What's the most yield that we're going to get that we can share? And again, we're really trying to grow the most we can because that's one of our missions and our goals here is to use our farm, our hobby farm, as a little ministry so that we can not grow an abundance so that we're, you know, just trying to can and freeze it because that's all good too. But we actually want to give it away. So we do. We want to try to grow the most for the space that we can and be good stewards of what we have. Um, And there's other crops too that you can grow together that like plant like grow well together like um last year we grew our tomatoes and then we surrounded them with basil yes and the basil took off and the tomatoes did well so much basil so that was really you know that was really good um and the other thing about peppers i just want to say this because i always tell people this and they look at me like huh like we grew a ton of peppers and we had so many. And do you know, you can just freeze them. You can chop them up and freeze them just like that or without like blanching them or anything like that. Or I was actually lazy and I just froze them whole. And then when I make chili in the winter, it all you do is just chop it up. Or if you have it chopped already, just throw it in your crock pot. I didn't have to buy peppers all winter when we did that. It was amazing for my chili. And like, you don't have to worry about the texture changing when you freeze it because you're not going to eat it raw. So... I totally recommend that if you have an abundance of peppers, just you can freeze them without doing anything to them. You can literally put them in whole or obviously for space reasons, you can chop them up and you can um, stick them in your freezer and pull them out and put them in your crock pot recipes all winter long. It's the best. Um, One of the other things I wanted to say was we probably need to have like an episode of like a gardening 201 because this is supposed to be like a 101, like an introduction or if you're just starting out. But then there's other things we've done over the years, like Steve tried aquaponics. That would be a whole nother thing. And people ask us about that a lot, but we're not doing that anymore this year. 
Yeah. We have the greenhouse. That's his We have the project. greenhouse this year. And I mean, I still may do it at some point. He tried it. Um, and it was it was really actually successful the yeah. time that we did try it. The aquaponics is, you know, not using soil, right? It's just all water gardening. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it worked well. But what happened, again, it comes down to um, time and effort, right? Getting it was it a lot of time, head. like, checking the water and oh, yeah. my system, it's I mean, a, we didn't have, science. yeah, we didn't have fish. So really when you have the aquaponics or the hydroponics, you're supposed to have fish and we didn't have the fish, um, to do it. So I had to always add stuff and I had to check the water but levels again, all the time. And I'll talk about that on the second part of this episode. That is a really good school project though. Even if it doesn't work out, even if whatever, you learned a lot doing that. And it's, it is, it's like a whole science and it would be a really cool thing to add into your homeschool as a little project if you could. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was, oh, the greenhouse. We got a big, I mean, I'm not talking like a little greenhouse. Steve built this ginormous greenhouse it's 12 feet by 20 you can feet. find that on loves.farm or on our loves farm facebook page as well pictures of that going up but what an amazing thing to be able to extend our growing season now i don't know if everybody out there would have the room for that but they have anything from a tiny greenhouse to a large greenhouse that people can um use right yeah you can get small Just greenhouses start at, seeds um, in or whatever at like lowe's and and stuff like that so they have small ones. Um, Are there any other big major tips that you wanted to share? Because then I was going to sort of just wrap up where we're at. Like, um, if you guys have questions, I'm going to let him check his notes. If you guys have questions about anything related to gardening, hobby farming, chickens, that kind of thing, you can always email Steve, steve at farmhousestudios.com because he really, this. I always say he's a little farmer at heart. This is his passion. He loves to be outdoors. He loves to be doing things. He loves to learn. If he doesn't know how to do it, he will learn it. And that's what I adore about my husband. Oh, but you. Um, if, oh. you, if, you have chi- if you have questions about chickens and ducks, I can handle those questions. But <laughs> honestly, if it's about farming and if it's about gardening, and we're certainly not the experts. We're still learning as we go. But it's a thing that we have found that we absolutely love to do as a family. We love to do together. And even back in our little suburban um, backyard um, garden, we used to use that garden actually for an entire spring. That was our science one year. I'm going to talk about that on the second episode. So stay tuned for that one next week. Um, I'm going to talk about how we used the garden to um, to do school science. We had gardening journals. We um, learned so much. But really, the best thing about a garden is you can point your children to their creator. I mean, where else can you show them a dead thing that comes to life, right? And where else can you point them to God? I mean, gardening is such an amazing way to point your children for yourself. I mean, I see God in the garden all the time. You put these dead seeds into the ground and they come back and they burst forth with life and they give us nutrition. There are so many lessons in the garden. So we're going to talk all about that in the second episode, how we use um, gardening in our homeschool and how we use it in our life to share with others and all the lessons that you can see that point your children to God. Okay. Steve's looking at his notes. You got anything else you want to say? Are, are we finishing this up? We're, we're heading towards that way. All right. <laughs> or you have a ton more. No, 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 no. Okay. No. I just, I, I wrote something down here and Go we, ahead. I, we've been, you know, I've been, I have my notes. She was making fun of me. She's like, I don't want you to <laughs> no, read off the notes and this and that. And blah, blah. But I just, I wrote Go something ahead. down here and it said, you know, again, going back to starting small, 
it said, st- I wrote this down and said, uh, start small and make sure that gardening is for you. You have to love to do it. And you have to understand that your enjoyment of growing your own food needs to be greater than the joy of thinking you're growing food to save money. Because if you're going to put that on a quote and put that on the internet, that's a good one. (laughs) Because in the beginning, um, your payment is the satisfaction of knowing you can do it. You, if you think you're going to like grow all this food and save money, I I can almost guarantee you that's not going to be the case. It's not about that, right? I mean, for some people, that's what they think. They're like, oh, we're going to, and then they realize they don't. But there's so much more. Like I said, for me, it's connecting to my creator. But go ahead. So that's all really. um, There's so much more than just about saving money. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is, and I have, I, I myself, this is like kind of preaching to myself, but you have to be like, try to be diligent with what you do. Like take notes. Like when you plant, like when you plant your seeds, like keep a notebook so that you know, like, okay, or is this plant on track? You know, this didn't work here. Um, That way you always have something to go back and look at. And you have something to refer to because you think, oh, yeah, I'll remember that when I put my tomatoes in the back there that they died. But the next year you're planting in the same spot and you're like, oh, I hope they do better. And yeah, that's a really good point. So, There's so many lessons to gardening, whether it's life lessons, whether it's science lessons, whether it's just, like I said, lessons where you can see God, lessons in hard work. I mean, I love gardening because, as you guys know, I want to live a simple life, right? But if you look at it, gardening is probably anything but simple. There's so many intricacies to it. But there's something about going back to, you know, connecting to your food, connecting to your creator, connecting to where your food comes from. Face it, many of us forget, like you go to the grocery store, if you don't have a garden, you don't even think about where your food comes from. You just get your food in the produce section. So there's something about going back to the way our grandmothers and grandfathers did things, slowing down, taking time to learn how nature works, taking time to learn how things work and how they don't work and working really hard because gardening isn't easy. There's a lot of sweat involved. There's a lot of hard work involved, but the rewards are great. And like I said, it really brings you back to that simple mindset of just disconnecting from the quick world where you can run to the grocery store and buy anything you want, taking time to grow your own, to accomplish something and to connect, like I said, with God overall um, in gardening. So there's so much more than just doing it to save money or doing it for whatever reasons. Um, It's truly a... um, a wonderful thing to be able to garden and to be able to grow your own and connect with God in that way. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, the only thing I was, one thing I want to add He's is... He's got a smile. He's going to say something <laughs> funny. No. no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I mean, something after I, I said know. all this maybe, serious stuff. Maybe it is funny, but maybe it's not funny. What? Um, back to this, your soil. <laughs> what is that? I'm like, connect with God. He's like, wait, let me talk about the pH of the soil. I was going to say, a healthy soil is a wormy soil. A wormy soil? Yes, because you want to make sure you have lots of worms in your soil. So you want to supplement that that, uh, ground with some worms. And that, and that comes. Do you see from, how ADD and, he and, is? Do you worms, see this? This is what I deal with. And worms come from God. Okay. 
And he created them with a purpose, okay, and their purpose did. is to aerate and poop in my soil yes, so that I true. fertilize my plants. It's just funny. Here I am, like, connect with your creator. He's like, oh, a good soil is a wormy soil. Yes, you're right. He, he, uh, <laughs> his mind wanders. But no, that is well, absolutely I'm thinking, true. I'm just thinking, today is going to be 70 degrees. Uh, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to get in the dirt. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope there's a lot of worms in that soil. After the winter we have had out here in western New Jersey, we've had one snowstorm after another. I mean, this man needs to get outside and play in the dirt because he loves to be outside. And we are supposed to have up to 77 degrees this weekend. So we are chomping at the bit to get out there. Um, so... Join me on the next episode because this episode um, is part one. Next episode, we are going to talk about how we have used our garden in our homeschool. It has been a big part of our homeschool over the years. Like I said, one year it was our science the entire spring and um, how we really use our garden in life, more of the life lessons from the garden. Maybe if they... uh if they email questions, I can answer them on the next one. Yes. If you have questions after this episode, that's a great idea. Then I can, um, I can answer them on the next one as well. And, uh, Steve will be here then for the I'm not just humor. I can come up with good ideas too. He does. And anytime you guys have questions, anytime. Also, if you have, um, ideas for future podcast episodes. I always love to bring Steve on so as a guest because it's a lot more fun talking with him than just sitting in my office and talking to myself. So um, please give me your ideas. I just did a Facebook Live video yesterday about you know some ideas for the future of Simply Living for Him. I was saying how I just want to benefit you guys. I want to... Um, I don't want to clutter up your your life, you know, with things that aren't necessary. I'm all about decluttering and only having things that point us in the right direction, and that's to God. So how can I better serve you with that? I um, ha- have been blessed that at the homeschool conventions, I was saying that everybody I meet practically comes up to me and says, I listen to your podcast. And they say they listen to it when they're doing, you know, their chores or cleaning or driving in the car. And that's such a blessing to know that this podcast is being used in a good way like that. So give me your ideas. What would you like to hear on future episodes? Do you have questions? Send them over to me, Karen at simplylivingforhim.com or to Steve at steve at farmhousestudios.com and farmhouse is H-A-U-S studios.com. Also, you can join me over on the Facebook page for Simply Living for Him. I also have a newsletter for Simply Living for Him. If you go to the homepage on simplylivingforhim.com, click on the sidebar, you'll get a free ebook and you will get um, a free printable over there if you sign up for our newsletter. Also, I will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in May. Uh, May 17th to the 19th, and then I will be in North Carolina at the Thrive Homeschooling Conference in Winston-Salem, and that is May 31st to June 2nd, and then, of course, in July, we will be having our Simply Living for Him Women's Retreat, and I can't wait. There are still plenty of spaces available. The prices have not gone up, so go over and register. We have kept the prices as low as possible so that as many women as possible could join us, and I thank you for listening Again, and until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.